Good morning. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Maura Z, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, July 19th, 2019. And today we're reading from the big book. We are in the chapter more about alcoholism. We are on page 42, and we are, wait, stop, yes, yes. More about alcoholism. First paragraph, page 42, which starts two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And someone is unmuted. If you could all check your phones and press star one to mute, we'll have a nice clear recording. Thanks so very much. Appreciate your cooperation. Oh, today's readers are Judy K, 12 Steps, Barbara E, 12 Traditions, Lauren N, Larry K, and Susan H. Our newcomer greeter, Nancy H, our second era host, Russ M. Reference numbers, important numbers for yesterday. Yesterday, 7 a.m., share ID 13,171. That's 13171. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID is 13,173. That's 13173. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Judy Kay, would you please read the 12 steps of OA? Cutie K star one, please. Okay, sorry, I was muted. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for your service, Maura. Uh, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed 
and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thanks so much for your service, Judy Kay. And Barbara E., would you please read the 12 Traditions of OA? It would be my honor. Good morning, you guys. Here are the 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery, recovery should depend upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting another group or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do this service. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, so how does this meeting work? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will be timing and giving a gentle reminder, but please do time yourself. 
singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, more about alcoholism on page 42, and we will be reading, excuse me, we will be reading the first paragraph, which begins two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I would like to now ask Lauren N. if she would start for us. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Maura. This is Lauren N., sugar addict and compulsive overeater from New York. Two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous came to see me. They grinned, which I didn't like so much. And then they asked me if I thought myself alcoholic and if I were really licked this time. I had to concede both propositions. They piled on me heaps of evidence to the effect that an alcoholic mentality such as I had exhibited in Washington was a hopeless condition. They cited cases out of their own experience by the dozen. This process snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. Wow. I am absolutely an alcoholic of the sort that they speak about here. Um, I had to be brought to my knees multiple times in, in, with my food to get to the point where I was licked, where I was really licked. Um, I can totally relate to how Fred felt about the hopeless condition and not wanting to accept it. Um, just this morning, I was talking about how acceptance is the answer to most of my problems in my life today. If I have a problem, it's because I am not accepting the reality that my body, or whatever reality it is, uh, it is by accepting whatever my reality is that I can actually get better. It's when I conceded that I could not have any sugar that I became recovered in this program. I became recovered so many months ago or years ago at this point, three, three and a quarter, three quarter years ago. But I spent 55 years fighting this disease, fighting the, the fact that I thought I could do it on my own. I thought I could be in, I could eat one. 
I thought I could have sugar in moderation. I used to carry around bags and bags of sugar-free candies because I needed to have multiple ones during the day. At almost 300 pounds and 5'1", I was getting ready for my second bariatric surgery and didn't realize that I had an allergy to the body. Thank God I found you guys and you taught me I have an allergy. And thank God every day I'm able to live this, my life, happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren Ann. Okay, so we've read the first paragraph on page 42. And if you've not shared in the last day or two and you would like to, please give me your first name and last initial one time. And if I hear it, I'll say it back to you. We'd like Lisa to share. Lisa B. Right. Vicky T. Lisa B. Nancy T. Nancy T. P. Nancy P. Sorry. Melissa, is that an L? Melissa C. Melissa C, that's what I thought. Somebody with an L? Victoria L. Victoria, you're going to have to boost your uh, volume there. Okay, Victoria L, is that better? Much better, thank you. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. Did you hear Vicky T? Vic oh, Vinny T, yes. No, I didn't. Thank you. One more. Mary Kay. Mary Kay? Mm hmm Okay, this is who I have. That's it for this first round. Lisa B, Nancy P as in Paul, Melissa C, Victoria L, Vinny T, and Mary Kay. Lisa B, get us started, please. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and being able to say that I'm recovered it just, you know, I, it kept eluding me. I never understood what it was to be recovered. I thought it was insanity that you guys wanted me to put the food down entirely, get abstinent, and go through this process because, to me, being abstinent was so painful. You know, be, sobriety was my problem. And it wasn't until I began to hear recovered voices, and that, that was the key for me, and I just want to do a shout-out for hearing recovered voices because I was able to hear people who had the problem solved and could share with me, you know, their experiences, and I introduced myself as a newcomer on this line, and one of the people, um, an angel, crossed my path and became my, my guide through this big book, and she was relatively new in the 12-step process, um, but I had been in AA for 28 years, you know, and I think she shared with me she was a little intimidated. What could she possibly share with me? I said, you could share with me everything. I've never been able to get recovered as a compulsive overeater, and I learned that the credits don't transfer. And, you know, from AA to OA, and what she shared with me was her experience. She shared with me how she suffered with the food, 
what happened and what she's like now. And it's the what she's like now that meant so much to me. I wanted to be comfortable in my own skin. I wanted to be able to be present in the moment and enjoy life and unwrap that gift that's inside of me and know what it is to be okay and not have to be in the food. That's so valuable to me. And I, I don't even know how to convey it in words. And I try, you know, to share this message with others and to be a guide and take people through the big book. And there's such a bargaining process. People want to stay so plugged into the food. You know, what, what is your food plan going to be like? And I share with them, it's not about my food plan. It's about you understanding what your alcoholic foods are and having an expert create a food plan for you. My process with you is about the steps and getting recovered. That's the goal. That's the purpose. And, you know, I'm so grateful that that, that flicker of conviction was there for me when I, when I heard your voices and I knew I wanted what you had and I had to be willing to do what you did, what these first 100 did, to have this experience and to keep it. I need to stay in it, 10, 11, and 12, with that same desperation. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Nancy P., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C., Victoria L., and I believe it's Vicki T., and then Mary Kay. Go ahead, Nancy P., good morning. Nancy P., star one, we can't hear you. Hi, can you hear me now? I can, Nancy, thank you. Good oh, morning. Sorry about that, I was talking. Um, can you time me, please? I will. Um, thank you. Um, so they asked me if I were, one, if I thought myself an alcoholic, and two, if I were really licked this time. So that's that I'm powerless over food and that my life is unmanageable. That's step one. And I had to concede. So that's, to me, that's just surrender. You know, that's, you know, you take step one and then you surrender. And if you don't, then you can't, you know, you can't go on. So it says here they cited cases out of their own experience by the dozens. So I didn't look at my own experience. I mean, I just, you know, when I was eating, you know, this guy that had the game plan of, you know, willpower and um, staying on guard, I, I, that was his game plan. And I, I didn't, I, I had my own experience that I could have easily, especially with, you know, having been in this program since 1971, not once did I say, was I able to call up, you know, any data in my, you know, in my life and say, oh my God, if you do this, look what's going to happen. That never occurred to me. It was like, I just said this to a sponsor on the phone the other night, last night. It was like, my experience was in a, it was like I was driving down a road and, and my experience were, there were no roadblocks at all for my experience at all. So my own experience did nothing for me. And it was only when I was, you know, the elevator only goes down. It doesn't go up at all. I got on it and it was when it was going down all those years ago and it never stopped and it never, it's still going down. I got off the elevator and, um, you know, I have to say that when I finally surrendered, when I finally was stopped, in my tracks by my by my own life and I surrendered then I got better and until that happened I didn't get better at all but once I did do that I got better fast I mean I got a sponsor I got into this 
into this um, method of working the steps, and um, I got a sponsor, and I got through them pretty quick. I mean, she did not linger on anything, and um, you know, once I once I got through, you know, once I surrendered, once I conceded, I got better fast, and that whole process of you know surrendering and you know saying I don't know allowed me to snuff out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself because that's what I thought you know I had I had self-knowledge I had spiritual understanding I had spiritual knowledge but I did not have a spiritual awakening and I had to awaken spiritually before I could gain any experience that's how I think of it like it's a job like I have a job that a kid out of college couldn't do they need experience and, you know, I needed to be led through the steps by somebody somebody who had experience so that she could show me how my life should be lived. Gentle reminder. Because I had no idea. Thank you very much. And Because um, I had no idea. And, you know, without working them with someone else, working the steps, then I would have been, you know, a goner. So, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Nancy. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Victoria L. Hi, good morning, Maura. It's Melissa C. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm starting my timer. Um, you know, I'm, I think about, like, that these men are grinning, you know, um, when he's, you know, in this state. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm like them. I do grin when someone reaches out and and seems, like, torn down by this disease. And, you know, it's not because I'm a sadistic person or I'm cruel. Um, you know, I'm, I grin because, like, I know that this person is closer to recovering. Um, then when a person says things like, well, you know, I binge last night, but now I know what I need to do. Or, you know, I hurt myself with the food, I, but I'm not going to do it today. Um, like, in those cases, um, there's not much for me to, to talk about or to grin or to do because, um, when somebody sounds okay, um, they haven't been devastated enough. And so, you know, I think back to my experience um, with this disease, and the kindest act, you know, was not in the people who gave me too much um, comfort too quickly, you know, or gave me false hope in myself. I, I, I had some of that. Like, I... You know, I was, like, in this hole of this disease, and there were people who meant well, but they threw me a pillow and a blanket, you know. And really what I needed was someone to say, um, yeah, I was in that hole too. You know, this hole really sucks. And and that's how you finally, like, how do I finally feel licked and beaten um, was when I was told, yep, you're hopeless. Um, yes, you're beaten. And... They didn't come in too quick with the solution. Like this process that they're talking about, that that they're describing, that snuffed it out. You know, this last flicker that you're going to be able to do the job. It's them himself was their testimony of their pain. You know, and so now when I think about that, I'm given very clear directions. What do I do when someone reaches out to me? Um, I don't go right away and say how great my life is today. I mean. You can, you know, but really the most powerful dialogues I've had with people is when I share my devastation, you know, like, and and then in my doing so, when I get that opportunity to share my devastation and what this disease did to me, 
there was a beautiful gift and value. Like my pain actually meant something. It wasn't all a waste. It wasn't all. I can't look back and say this was all a great big waste of time because it has benefit today. And um, so I think that's the importance of that I'm getting from this as well. And um, thank you so much and have a beautiful day with that. I'll pass. Thanks so much, Melissa C. Victoria L., it's your turn, followed by Vicki T. Good morning. Good morning, Victoria. Victoria. Good morning. My my name is Victoria L., and I am a compulsive eater. And um, I really love this paragraph. So two of the members of AA came to see me and uh, they piled heaps of evidence to the effect that an alcoholic mentality such as I had exhibited was a hopeless condition. They cited cases out of their own experience by the dozen, and the process snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. Um, You know, I've been in relapse for about the last six months and a huge ton of shame about it and having a really difficult time calling the phone bridge, calling people, asking for help. And what's really interesting is that yesterday I took the day off work so that I could just spend the entire day in recovery and listening to the phone bridge line. And at my office, they have these giant, giant bags of lifesavers. So, you know, in the last six months, I've been reaching to the lifesavers. And I had this huge realization yesterday, the lifesavers are what are killing me. The lifesavers are killing me. And when I announced myself as a newcomer yesterday, I had so many people call me and the people that called me were the ones who sent out that lifeline to save me from drowning in the food. And, you know, by the grace of God, I have 24 hours today. So grateful. And I know I have a long, long road ahead of me, but I just want to thank the people on the phone bridge because you have no idea if your call or text is going to be the one thing that shifts someone from not being able to get out of the food to cracking them open enough to let HP in, um, to give them the hope that they need that recovery is possible again. And it's the people on this line that reached out to me yesterday that gave me that hope back. And I just, I'm really grateful. And, um, and I'm just starting back on my journey again. And I, and I just really want to thank you all. Thanks so much. Thank you, Victoria L. Keep coming back. Vicki T., it's your turn, followed by Mary Kay. Good morning, Vicki. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, all. I like the Vinny T. That's cool. I like that name for a girl, Vinny. That's cool. I think I'll keep Vinny. Um, anyway, it's Vicki T., and um, if you could time me, Maura, because I don't have my timer ready. Um, if we could concede to our innermost selves and really surrender and um, my sponsor keeps telling me that I need to share because I have a powerful message. I used to think I had to share because I have a powerful ego and I am just so charismatic and brilliant and have so much wisdom. So I have like a new reason to be sharing because she has told me that I have a powerful message because I went through something that was traumatic in my life. It had nothing to do with the food, but it was it was the food became the problem. It, it, it broke out in food. And so I had this idea that, you know, it's the issue. 
this it's the issue. It has nothing to do with the food. And the sponsor that I was led to led me to somebody else that led me into entire abstinence for the first time in my entire life. My life is completely changed. I know that sounds dramatic. I'm only on step four, and I've already had a spiritual awakening around the issue that brought me to my knees. And so when I first got with my sponsor and I told her my issue, she said, this is going to become, I know you don't, it's weird to hear this. And I knew she was kind of right, but it was like, eh, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. And it was, and it is, because it brought me so deep and down into my knees to have to rework these steps. I came to her to rework the steps for emotional sobriety, nothing to do with the food. My food is fine. I went on abstinent, it's fine. Well, one of you fellows looked at my food and I was putting whiskey in my milk. I was putting whiskey in my milk and I didn't know it. And I have clarity that is beyond my wildest imagination and I'm not even halfway through. So if anybody is interested in the details of what I'm sharing and wants to be entirely absent, and and my sponsor said something to me and I believe her, I never have to pick up again. Ever, no matter what traumatic experience happens, you know, that I can be physically abstinent. Maybe I'll need to work on my emotional sobriety and redo the steps throughout the years. But I'm confident in that as long as I continue to do the work. But the key ingredient, if you will, is the entire abstinence. And I had to concede to my innermost self. And I couldn't do it myself. And I balked, and I have a strong personality, and the, person, the people that I was talking with, I mean, thank God they didn't back down and say, oh, this woman's crazy, because I can become crazy, especially if you want to talk about my food. Take away my parents, take away my job. Don't mess with my food. I will kill you. <laughs> I'm joking. But um, so anyway, um, I highly recommend listening to Ruth H.'s um, podcast on the Gentle reminder. Thank you so much, Maura, for the boundaries. And my name is Vicki T, and I am on the list. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Vicki T. Um, Mary Kay, it's your turn. Oh, hi. Uh, my name is Mary, and I'm a recovering compulsive eater. Um, thanks so much for... Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, clearly. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really grateful to be a part of the meeting today. And um, I am struggling with the disease of addiction. And um, I I searched online and uh, I live in a place where there's only two meetings a week. So um, it's really nice um, uh, to be a part of this meeting. And just to be a part of the OA group worldwide and... Um, you know, even the part you read from the big book was lovely and about admitting defeat. And uh, I've been in this program for a long time and I've come and gone lots of times, but I've been attending regularly for many years now, thank God. And um, I, I, my food is good generally, but um, I, as well as being a recovering compulsive overeater, I'm also, I also was a rest- have been a restrictor and somebody who's found struggle to eat at times. And without realizing it, this is a very cunning, powerful and baffling part of the disease for me that I can actually become very busy 
burn up lots of energy and not actually realize that I need more food than I'm eating at the time until I'm actually waking up in the middle of the night hungry and all kinds of stuff. My head starts to go and I become ungrounded and things like that. So, and this has gone on for years, many years, 20 years, you know, so, and it was only through recovering and having a really good sponsor who was helping me to see, you know, what I was doing and taking on way too much responsibility and it could be work, family, all kinds of stuff. And, um, so for me, recovery is, you know, I have to have a, a good a good uh, food plan, but I also have to have a good plan of action for the day, which is not overwhelming. And um, I have to watch what I feel responsible for as well, because sometimes I feel responsible for everything, for most, for a lot of things, you know. And so so that's a really good part of recovery for me. Just And just to hear, like, you know, that this is a worldwide fellowship that, that you know, we can share honestly, um, that the people are welcome, you know, to be welcome in a meeting. Um, you know, especially when you're struggling. Um, and, and, and usually when I'm in this phase of my disease, I can feel quite invincible and I could nearly, you know, I could do anything and uh, that's really good and then afterwards I often feel this very tired feeling and it's a real struggle for me to rest today's one of those days now I know I need to rest I know recovery tells me I need to rest and I have a list of things in my head that I need to do from cleaning the house to going out to you know progressing my career to interacting with my family to all of the other things you know I should be a part of bigger organizations I should be a part of you know um, OA you know Gentle reminder. Um, thank you. Um, service all the way up to, you know, GSR and all that kind of thing. So thank you very, very much for letting me share. Thank you for the gentle reminder of the time. And it's wonderful to be a part of this meeting. Thanks. Thank you, Mary Kay, and welcome. Keep coming back. Okay, let's see. Who else would like to share today? If you would please yes, press yes. star one and give me your name and first initial of your last name, and I'll repeat it back as soon as I hear it. Right, okay. And I heard somebody, but I didn't catch what that name was. There's Marcia. Beatrice O. I got you, Marcy. Thank you. Stacy K. Jody E. Stacy K. Grace O. Jody E. Grace O. D. Grace O D. Beatrice Lane, o. D. Oh, try that again. I heard three of you. Beatrice. <laughs> One more time. Sue C. Beatrice o. Sue I heard a Sue. Is there a Sue? Beatrice? Yes, Sue C. Sue C Beatrice. Okay, we'll stop there for now. Beatrice, you'll give us your last initial when I call on you, please. I have Marcy S, Stacy K, Jody E, Grace O D, Sue C, and Beatrice. Marcy, go ahead, please. Hi, Marcy S. <clears throat> Grateful, recovering, compulsive over here. I'm glad to be here and thank you, everybody, for the meeting. Um, I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little out of sorts. I only got four and a half hours sleep last night. I've been up since four thirty. But the re what I wanted to, what I wanted to share about is this cutting, baffling, powerful disease. Last night, yeah, you know, I went. It was around it was around ten thirty at night, 
I went into the refrig I went into the kitchen to get a bottle of water, a, a bottle of cold water from the refrigerator. I had no good reason to be in the kitchen other than to get the water, but while the refrigerator door was open, I saw my fiance's leftovers from dinner on the plate. I said, you know, well, and I started calling all sorts of rationalizations and excuses. I said, well, we were intimate, so, so, so that's, a, that's an excuse to, to, to eat this. You know, I need the energy, and, you know, I'm a little hungry, so I might as well eat it and stuff. But that's just an excuse and a rationalization. I know, I know good reason to eat that food. You know, and then another part of the problem, too, is, like, I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to become pregnant for so many years. I'm 47 years old. I've always wanted to have natural-born children. But sometimes I delude myself into, into thinking I have a phantom pregnancy, and then I come up with an excuse and a rationalization. A rationalization. I say that's why my boobs are so big because I'm because maybe I'm pregnant or something. Because uh, I'm, I'm hormonally imbalanced, and I say, well, I've heard of women who 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 have who have been pregnant for for again their periods because they're hormonally imbalanced. They didn't even know they were pregnant. But I'm, really, I'm just deluding myself you know, because really I'm. Probably just overweight. I've been eating a little too much, and uh, from day to day, a little more than I'm supposed to, you know. So, you know, it's just how I wanted to be pregnant so bad, I make myself think that that I am, and you know. So, um, that's just like that's just an excuse or a rationalization. It's the me- the mental obsession. I'll come up with an excuse to 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 trick myself into thinking that that I'm not into the food. And, you know, maybe God will want me to be pregnant someday, but maybe it's not my time yet. I'm still, I'm still young. You know, I still, I still get my my cycle. I'm sorry, I'm being so so graphic and stuff, but you know, maybe in God's time I will. But for now, you know, I have to keep myself in shape. I'm looking into going to exercise classes of the wife with financial aid because you know that's important too. But, you know, it is a spiritual sickness. I need to reach out to my higher power to keep me out of the, ex- keep me out of the excess food. I had to this morning I admit that I was powerless over food and that my, my behavior around food is insane and that my behavior is after I eat and the way I react to others is insane too. And I also go to Emotions Anonymous. That's helping a lot with that. I just started going there. But, you That's know, a reminder. Thank you, but it is a spiritual sickness. Or there's a, there's a spiritual solution. So it means reaching reaching out more and more to my higher power, whom I choose to call God. And thank you for letting me share. And thank you for the meeting. Thank you, Marcy. And just a reminder, we are in the chapter more about alcoholism. We're on page 42. And we have read and we are commenting on the first paragraph that begins two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And Stacy Kay, it's your turn, please. Good morning, Maura. This is Stacy Kay, compulsive overeater in Colorado. Oh, they piled on me heaps of evidence to the effect that an alcoholic mentality such as I had exhibited in Washington was a hopeless condition. And um, my very first big book sponsor called that giving, giving a killer case or giving them a killer case. And so uh, what what she meant by that was that when we 12-step somebody or we, you know, sit down at the kitchen table with somebody to, you know, to have that first conversation or maybe a conversation after somebody's relapsed is to um, 
you know, not only for them to identify and for us to be able to share this experience about this disease being deadly and progressive and, you know, and give them, you know, these examples of things that happened to me where I could not stop and everything I tried didn't work. And, you know, and maybe, you know, they said cited case, um, case after case, you know, uh, of what I did. Um, and, you know, just to show them the hopelessness of this disease. And, um, yeah, because I, my mind, this, this alcoholic mind, this compulsive overeater mind of mine is just, it's whirling, it's going like crazy um, when I'm in the food or when I've relapsed or when I'm coming off of a binge. I'm like thinking all sorts of things. And, and you know, that needs that, the thinking that, that, you know, okay, this time I got it, or I, I can do this, or I'll try this or whatever. It has, you know, that stuff has to be snuffed out, have to be smashed. So somebody else sharing their experience about this disease and how, you know, they are utterly powerless, you know, they're beat, they're defeated, they're, you know, there's nothing left for them to try. And they've tried all these things, and maybe more than I ever tried, right? Because sometimes we come into these rooms, and we haven't tried all the things that other people have tried. It's nice, you know, it's it to hear that, oh, yeah, we've tried this, or, you know, like, I'm, I'm on my second surgery, you know, to, to try to stop myself from eating. You know, it's like, um, I don't know, it just, yeah, it does. It snuffs out any thought, <laughs> you know, that I could do it by myself. So that's all I have. Thanks. Thank you, Stacy K. Jody E., it's your turn, followed by Grace O.D. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. This is Jody E., a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in California. So I would love to have been a fly on the wall to hear, I don't know if this was Bill and Dr. Bob talking to Fred or who it was, but I would love to have heard their their process. Uh, I imagine they were very articulate. I'm not sure that I'm quite so articulate, but I think this meeting in particular serves the same purpose that we hear recovered compulsive overeater after recovered compulsive overeater share their experience of not of not being able to uh, do this job themselves. And it serves the purpose of convincing us if the food hasn't convinced us. It took, uh, it seems to me like the food does a pretty good job of that. But still, we don't want to give up our food. So we will do everything. We will try everything to manage it ourselves. I know I did. Um, But then such a freedom came when I finally realized and conceded that I was powerless over my alcoholic foods and behaviors and simply put them down and didn't try to fight it anymore. Such a freedom. Such a release from the obsession. So if you are still struggling with the food and can't imagine, quite imagine putting it down or are still trying, 
to do the job yourself. Give this a try. Give entire abstinence a try. Give these steps a try and and you'll be amazed before you are halfway through. And with that, I pass. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you, Jody E. Grace O.D., it's your turn, followed by Sue C. Hello, it's Grace O.D. here. I'm a very, very grateful compulsive over here this morning. Uh, I've spent a long time in and out, in and out, relapsing, you know, admitting in meetings that I've got my stash of foods in the car and I'm going to eat it straight after the meeting and I've been eating it straight before the meeting. Um, Being sacked by sponsors, finding sponsors that just I couldn't gel with. And, you know, I'm not yet on day 60, um, but I feel like it's completely cracked. I just feel so grateful, so hopeful. And there's, there's two things, you know, when I look at Fred in this chapter, in this paragraph, you know, there's two things worked for me. And that was showing up to meetings and being honest, no matter how bad it was. And secondly, was hearing whether it was in the two meetings that are in my local area or on this phone line, just hearing people who were recovered and their stories, their strength, experience and hope using the speaker tapes. Um, I've finally found a sponsor that I really, oh, it's just God sent. And I, I also just hit a new low. I just hit a point where I lost everything with the food and I had to be ready or I was going to die. And that's, that was the difference was I had to hit that. And I had to decide was I willing to fight for my life. And I'm so grateful. I've, I'm on step nine, um, which is emotional and challenging, but I'm so grateful to be on this phone call. Um, I'm hearing other people talk about clean abstinence and, you know, last night I have a problem with restriction as well. So I'm using um, one of the dignity of choice uh, food plans and uh, I've not been sticking to it. You know, I've not been sticking to weighing and measuring my dinner. And last night was probably my first night doing that. And then I got up around 11 and snuck two pieces of a food that isn't really nutritious. And I could have had some fruit instead. Um, So, yeah, I, I just, yeah, the thing I'm taking away today is actually how honest am I being about my abstinence. Uh, so thank you so much I am so grateful yeah I feel really heart connected to everyone all over the world who's helping today thank you pass thank you Grace so D Sue C it's your turn followed by Beatrice hi thank you for your service my name is Sue C gratefully recovering compulsive overeater and um, I really like that this paragraph because it reminds me of my recent experience coming back into the program after I had been doing the program for like three or four years and then I just decided like I have this last sentence underlined this process snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself that was me like I can do this myself like I know kind of like in the one of the previous paragraphs, thanks for the information. 
you know, I was calling my food into my sponsor every day and I was just, you know, I, I told her, I was like, I can do this myself. And, and she was just arguing with me. And I was just like, wow, this is, you know, like, why is she arguing with me? I don't understand this. And, you know, for a few days, I was doing it, you know, the way I had done it myself. And then, you know, a few tweaks here and a few tweaks there. And then before I knew it, I was just um, kind of back in actually worse condition than I was when I first came in before the three or four years of working with a sponsor. So um, I'm grateful how when I started calling into this um, meeting and I was actually on a business trip the morning that I introduced myself and I had so many phone calls from members, you know, so when it talks about the two members coming to see him, um, you know, I could definitely relate to that, that people reached out like they were not being selfish about you know, their recovery, they were um, also helping others. And it sounds like to me that that's a big part of this program that I was missing the first time that I was in recovery. Um, I wasn't willing to reach out to others and, you know, help. So I'm really grateful that I am back and um, already on step four, which is, um, you know, a little bit challenging right now, and um, very grateful and, and hopeful to um, be able to experience the spiritual awakening or spiritual experience that I've heard others talk about. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and I pass. Thanks, Sue. Beatrice, it's your turn. Would you please give us the first initial of your last name? Good morning. This is Beatrice um, um, from Northern California, recovered food addict. And um, would you share with us the first initial of your last name, Beatrice? Beatrice O. Super. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. So this morning, um, I am in Atlanta, Georgia, and we had a long flight yesterday, and. Um, I called in a little late this morning, but I just wanted to call and let everybody know that um, I'm abstinent and I'm grateful. And um, about two weeks ago, um, I had a slip. And uh, every time I've been abstinent, I always think that that's the last time. And the last time I was, uh, before I had the slip, I, uh, I guess I had that feeling. But what happened was I had a slip. And that all or nothing um, mentality was telling me, you're, re you're relapsing, you're back in the food, this all or nothing bullshit. And, and then something said, or maybe it was God said, I thought you were recovered. You know, and then that old saying came to me, what are you going to do, throw the baby out with the bathwater? Um, so this program is about God and my relationship with God. That's the key for me. And I had stepped away and I my personal trainer told me, 
you have to want this program uh, and you have to be committed no matter what's going on in your life. And my sponsor has told me many times, this program is about God. It's not about the food. And so I just wanted to call um, because even though I'm on vacation and I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and we're going to be moving, we have four cities that we're doing, but uh, this is my lifeline. And I had a slip, and I'm still recovered, and I'm abstinent today. And I'm grateful. And I'm not going to buy into the all or nothing BS that takes me down the rabbit hole. So I conceded to myself long ago that I am a recovered food addict. And what I didn't concede to my innermost self is I can't step away from my higher power because I never learned how to do this world uh, on my own. So with that, um, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Beatrice. Thank you, Beatrice. Um, We have time for one three-minute share. Jason, okay. Jason K, it's yours. Thank like you, sir. Good morning. Jason K is our last share for the day. Thank you. Catch us at the 8 o'clock hour. Michael. Thank you. This is Jason K, recovered from both meter and Galena outside of Philadelphia. And I love Fred because I am Fred, but I had an alcoholic mind. And these uh, compassionate and dedicated members of AA came to him and they shared their personal experience of what it means to be an alcoholic, in our case, a compulsive eater, that our mind uh, can't be trusted, that our willpower can't be trusted. Fred fared forth, you know, in high hopes, thinking he's got this, you know, and that was a mantra that I used to practice, you know, uh, coming to OA meetings, practicing a lot of tools, finding the perfect food plan. I got this. I don't need to work those steps. You know, the steps weren't really talked about that much. But these members of Alcoholics Anonymous come to him and they relate to him uh, the, the, uh, the nature of this malady, the disease, what it looks like, how it uh, will take you down. It's, it's inevitable every time you will drink again, you will eat compulsively again if you do not accept this uh, program as outlined uh, in, in, in this paragraph. And I, I would have liked to have been there just to hear how they... Uh, pitched it, how they described it, but I'm guessing uh, whatever they said, it came from their own heart that they said, we were like you, we were hopeless, we had this mentality, Uh, we accepted the spiritual program of action, we gained access to a higher power, Uh, a person like me, uh, and what they're sharing is that a a person like us, a person with this progressive, fatal, uh, terrible profoundly uh, powerful illness can recover through the grace of God, through uh, these uh, spiritual uh, methods, through these uh, spiritual toolkit that they laid at his feet. And Fred, Fred accepts that. And he, and he said, I had the curious feeling, you know, my alcoholic problem was solved. And something like that happened for me too. 
when I was really done, when I was at the bottom and I said, I just absolutely can't and I'm willing to do everything, whatever this big book says, every single instruction when it says we, we pray mm-hmm. and we pray that and we do that and, and that's where I found freedom. So thank you very much for, uh, yeah, I passed. Sorry, Jason, I underestimated my clock turned to 7.53 as soon as you started talking. My apologies. But thank you very much. Thank you for everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Important number for today, the meeting that just concluded, share ID 13175-13175. And thank you to the 396 other members that joined me today in this meeting. I'm grateful that you were all here. And we will now close the meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164. And I will ask my good friend Larry Kay if he would read that for us. Good morning, Larry. I will. Hey, time me, please, would you? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I just have to have fun. It's Friday, right? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and the great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.